0: Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. All right. Well, hello, Wellness Wednesday listeners. In honor of stalker and stalking awareness week, I thought it would be really empowering to listen to a recent situation that's hitting very close to home. It's in fact, it happened to one of our dear 3W staff, Taylor Worthen. And she's, I'm, I'm just here with her today. And she's going to be talking about this recent situation that's still not over, actually, that she had to deal with. So Hi, Taylor. Hey, Helen. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yes, thanks for agreeing to share your story, even though it's still very, very new and very raw, so,
1: yeah, I was even like just on the phone a few hours ago with some detectives to go over some details of what's going on. so it's it's still still in the thick of it. Yeah. I'm hoping it's coming to the end of it, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever know
0: right, yeah. Well, let's start let's start from the beginning. How did it start? Mm-hmm. I I kind of remember a little bit how it started, but let's how, how did it start? How did you know this was turning into a much more complex situation than it actually is?
1: Yeah. So, it started back in late October of 2020. I started re- Saving some flowers on my car. Mm-hmm. And to kind of paint a picture of my living situation, I was living with my in-laws in a home in Seattle that they have owned for a very long time um, mm-hmm. until my husband and I could save enough to buy our own house. Mm-hmm. So living in the basement of this unit, I'm suddenly you know, given these flowers and the flowers Mm -hmm. are on my car only they are leading up to my, the little path that gets up to the house. Mm -hmm. At first, you know, I took some pictures because I actually thought it was funny. I thought like my brother or my my husband or Mm -hmm. someone had like left them as a joke, like, Oh, found flowers, left them on my car. Everyone I talked to said they hadn't. So I thought nothing of it and continued on. It was like two days later that I got more flowers. Again, mm-hmm. only on my car, fa- flower petals only around my car and then again leading up to the path to my house. So, mm-hmm. I was concerned, but suddenly it's the second time and I'm thinking there is someone out there who clearly has mistaken me for someone else. Like it's mm-hmm. it's got to be it's got to be a simple mistake. Like you never jump to the worst-case scenario, you yeah. can and and that
0: that makes sense, right? Yes, that I mean, you sent those pictures. You took pictures of those flowers and sent it to all the staff and was like, did any of you guys do this or know anything about this? And we were like, this was weird, but...
1: Yeah, like, we all thought it was weird, but no one thought, like, that it was a big deal. Yeah. And then I think it was around the third time I, I, I got... The, no, actually, I, and there's been so many times, so many incidents at this point that I'm really trying to keep them together in my head. And thankfully, mm-hmm. I think that talking to the detective earlier today kind of helped with that. But then this person came up to our house and that's what happened. Um, mm-hmm. My in-laws have a ring doorbell, so mm-hmm. we were able to like catch on camera what was going on. So mm-hmm. I think that what I have to say in this narrative is going to be that I have a lot of resources available to me. And so I recognize that I recognize other people don't have that. And so I'll talk about some of those resources that I'll have in this episode, but we have this ring doorbell and we have it on camera. This, this gentleman coming up to our, my in-laws home, my father-in-law answers the door. And because I want to hide her identity, I'm going to, this man is looking for Kara. And Mm -hmm. he asks, is Kara home? And my father-in-law says, uh, uh, no, she's, there's no one here by that name. Everyone who lives in this house is married. Please Mm -hmm. stop leaving flowers on the cars. You know, we don't, we don't want any trouble. Mm -hmm. The gentleman is clearly homeless Mm -hmm. and he, he apologizes and he, he, he leaves. So we're suddenly thinking to ourselves, Okay, this is this is just a homeless guy who's like confused, Mm -hmm. thought that I was somebody else and he's going to he's going to leave us alone. It's going to be fine. Sure. But the next morning I find more gifts on my car. And I say gifts because it wasn't just flowers. It was also a teddy bear and a, you know, one of those low-grade romance novels that you find in, like, your Safeway. <laughs>
0: that's and so random. they're
1: sitting on my car. And at this point, I'm thinking to myself, like, maybe he left those before coming up to the house or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still trying to play it down, play down yeah. the situation. So mm-hmm. I nicely set them on the grass where my car was located, and I drove off to work and thinking, you know, hopefully that's, hopefully that's the end of it. And then... Something that was really concerning about this individual is that we, where our house is located, it's located next to a park. Mm -hmm. And so he would walk around the area, the neighborhoods coming from that park, singing all hours of the day and night. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is someone who has a very loud voice, very Mm -hmm. boisterous. I mean, you could hear it from a block two blocks down the road. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't matter if it was noon or if it was three in the morning, he was singing and being very loud. And I can hear him outside my window all hours of the night, mm-hmm. but not f- long enough that you do anything about it. Cause he's just technically walking by. Right. Yeah. So, I know he's confused me for this Kara person. I know that he thinks I'm someone I'm not and all this stuff. So then he leaves me another gift. And this gift is unique because he wrote Cara's full name on a card that he had left. Mm -hmm. So finally, I'm able to find her and figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, who is she? Mm -hmm. Who is he? Mm -hmm. What is going on? My husband, my brother and I, brother-in-law and I all worked at to find her. We finally did. And thankfully later that night, I was able to have a phone call with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and she goes on to say, now, mind you, everyone, we're now looking at November of 2020. So it's been actually a couple of weeks that this has been happening to me and my husband. I'm talking to her on the phone and she has been stalked by this man since February of 2020. Mm -hmm. She has had to move Twice, I believe she's mm-hmm. had to sell her car. She has served him papers, like like no contact papers, mm-hmm. three times. Mm-hmm. He still, however, is stalking her and harassing her, not just her but her friends as well on social media. And wow. she can't exactly get rid of her social media because of her, the the type of work she does. Actually, so wow. it, so she has to keep it, and she. She's, she's, she's angry over the phone. I mean, obviously just, uh, you know, through the roof upset and not at me, but she's, her, her demeanor is obviously describing that there's a broken system. She's done everything she can Mm -hmm. and she is still not safe and Mm -hmm. just feeling that no one is on her side. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so. You know, as time goes on, her and I continue to share stories and she keeps me in the loop of everything that's happening. I even have mm-hmm. some emails sitting in my inbox right now from her mm-hmm. updating on the case. And we, we continue to do different things. I call SPD. I talk to some friends who work at SPD even. Mm-hmm. And basically everything that they're saying is just document everything. Anytime he comes around, call the police which okay. is hard again because he's not standing in one stationary spot. He's walking around and he's actually quite quick. Yeah. And he's pretty smart. He is, and we are we don't come to find that out until later though about how smart he he is. Yeah. But Yes, yeah, so we are. I, I'm talking to friends who, or people I know who work at SPD. So again, at least I have, I have that resource that most mm-hmm. people don't. Mm-hmm. And there's so little that they can do, and they feel bad about that. They're just saying, you know, do do whatever makes you feel safe. Communicate with SPD how you really feel, which means that I I was scared. They said, mm-hmm. don't downplay that fear at all. Right, and call call us when he comes by. And right the idea that maybe they could try and make an arrest. Okay. There came a day in late November where, for, so for several, several weeks, what had been happening was, is I had to be escorted to and from my car. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go near the windows of my house. So I, I kind of was for a while there, a prisoner in my own home. I mean, I really couldn't do or anything or go anywhere by myself Mm -hmm. I couldn't even go out like if I forgot something in the car I couldn't go out and get it by myself Mm -hmm. um and that was a decision my family and I made Mm -hmm. because what if I turn the corner and he's there suddenly yeah it also my my father-in-law because it's it's his home, grandkids, grandbabies come over. So mm-hmm. he he took this opportunity to build a fence around the house mm-hmm. to keep our family protected. Mm-hmm. And this that decision was pretty much solidified by this guy coming about because he had come up to the door I think when there were kids around knocking looking for a Yeah. And so, you know, we there came a day in November where this guy and I had had an encounter. He had finally seen me. He had seen me in my car. He was staring at me, and I started freaking out. Um, When my husband yelled at him, saying that I wasn't Kara and he needed to go away, he had retorted back that I wasn't, I I was Kara, that Mm -hmm. he was not my, that, you know, my husband was not my husband, and that... Mm -hmm. He loved me, or he loved Kara, and that he all this, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Clearly, smart,
0: but also very confused.
1: Yes, like very delusional, not taking no for
0: an answer. Mm-hmm.
1: Was all he, was all he that. being
0: aggressive? You would would you describe him as being pretty aggressive?
1: He was certainly being aggressive with the fact that he was not going to let this go. Okay. I think that his aggression showed a little bit later that night. So we have neighbors, our neighbors have kids, and they were growing concerned about him coming around as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For a couple of weeks between early November and then this incident, I had been parking my car in a garage so he couldn't see it anymore. And as Mm -hmm. a result, he started putting flowers on other cars, Mm -hmm. every other car on the street. And then he had found my my neighbor's car, just so happens to have the same color car that I have, and he started focusing on that one. And Mm -hmm. within that household are three children. Mm -hmm. And so that became a growing concern as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. because the, the mother of that home is also a petite... Mm -hmm. A woman with um, long brown hair and Mm -hmm. we start thinking like she looks a lot like she you know from a distance maybe maybe to someone who is looking for something specific you could think that she was Kara as well yeah and so concerns continue to grow so There came that evening in November where he had come around already like three times. Mm. So we called SPD. SPD came with three officers. Um, We told them what was going on. And they said, well, if he comes back again tonight, let us know. So it was, and again, this is a resource I had that most people don't. But Mm -hmm. my my father-in-law, my husband, and three of our neighbors actually... When he came around again, Mm -hmm. followed him Mm -hmm. to so that they could stall him long enough for SPD to come by Mm -hmm. and make an arrest, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, again, rare. Like, when are you going to find like five large guys who can take the time to come together and do that? Mm -hmm. But SPD. Went on to tell me that, went on to tell my husband, I should say, once they made the arrest, that this guy is a known menace in the community. He wanders around North Seattle a lot. He has been on the news. He has a lot. He's been arrested multiple times. And as they're making the arrest, this gentleman is asking. What is stalking? How far do I have to be? How long do I have to linger? Mm -hmm. Uh, He's asking very specific questions so that he can still do what he's doing without breaking technically any laws. Any laws, yeah. So he's smart. He's not ignorant. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing is wrong. He just doesn't care. He does not. He doesn't. He doesn't Mm -hmm. care. So he was arrested and booked, and um, the King County line allows you to look up certain things. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Come to find out that he had a similar issue in 2018. He was quiet for 2019. We don't know mm-hmm. why. I I question if it's because he was maybe in a rehabilitation center. Okay. And then in 20 er, late 2019, early 2020, he's released and in February he starts stalking Kara. And okay. it's not it's still going on at least with her ever since then my husband and I have moved Mm -hmm. so but my in-laws still live in that house I still go to that house right right and you know I just I got I've gotten messages and emails within the last week of him still harassing this Mm -hmm. the original girl really Mm -hmm. and the question has certainly become you know he's going to continue to harass her but you know, who's his next victim, really, that he's going to mistake for her. And is that woman more vulnerable? Does that woman have children? Does Mm -hmm. all of these questions arise for sure?
0: Mm -hmm. So where are you now? How, I mean, moving has been a big deal Mm -hmm. and has kind of, it's not so much in your face, because you're not worried that he could burst through your door right, in the evening or get into your car. But, you know, since happening in October, that must have taken a toll on you emotionally, psychologically.
1: Yeah, there were some nights when he, you know, I... Leave my window barely cracked open for fresh air. Yeah, and so you can hear what's going on outside. And there's just some nights where he would wake me up two or three times because he would be like yelling mm-hmm. outside my window. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you get to the point where it's like it, your home is like a sanctuary for you. It's it's a it's a safe space that we all create for ourselves. And mm-hmm. suddenly that is so so abruptly disrupted mm-hmm. you know to the point where I you can't go by the windows and mm-hmm. I you're it's not a home anymore right and it's there's there's something like definitely that where you don't feel safe mm-hmm. in a place that is meant to be safe yeah that there's mm-hmm. that that really takes an exhausting toll on you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a big reason why my husband and I ended up moving is because this gentleman, and there's a whole story to go with this, but he was bailed out by a community bail fund mm. who mm-hmm. did not, in my personal opinion, do their due, complete the due diligence of figuring out who this mm-hmm. guy was and. Mm-hmm. You know, what he had done to put women in jeopardy and Mm -hmm. not protect, they're clearly not protecting their communities. Mm -hmm. And so he was released and thankfully my husband was pretty determined to get us out. He had, and we had saved up enough money. We were able to buy a home Mm -hmm. and within three or four days of us finding out that he had been released, we, we literally spent every Moment that we could packing up our stuff, and we moved, and with mm-hmm. the help of friends and family, we moved out immediately mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. our what is now our own home.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just um, you know, kind of watching this happen to you as your community was so frustrating. You know, we've mm-hmm. had we had many conversations leading up to this point, but it was really really frustrating to see it secondhand and to To know who this community organization that bailed him out, who they were, and why they did what they did was really infuriating. And just personally for me, you know, you're my friend as well as someone I work with. And that was really hard to see you go through something like that. But, you know, here at 3W, we we talk about these subjects because it's important for our patients to understand that we care about them and their safety, and that's a priority here at Three W. That it's always a safe space for women to come to. But then having one of our own go through some something like this was exceedingly um, difficult and frustrating for all of us. We felt like we couldn't do anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. But other than supporting you, you know, when you needed time to go home early or figure things out or making sure you didn't walk to your car it was dark yeah. around the time that this was all happening. Yeah, so, I mean here in
1: Seattle it gets dark at like what 4:30. Yeah,
0: 4:30. <laughs> so it was like we were kind of nervous when you were going home and stuff like that, but but it was also nice to know that when you came to work it was a a safe refuge for you to not yeah. be scared.
1: Yeah, the coming to work was was nice because we got in my own mind I think it got to the point where the house felt like it I mean it felt more like a prison it felt it felt mm-hmm. unsafe that's mm-hmm. just where I was at Yeah and so coming to work it's 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 my desk it's my it's my space mm-hmm. and it's undisturbed and it's with a lot of people who know safety protocols they mm-hmm. know what to look out for mm-hmm. they're clear-headed about it and so that that made me feel safe and it made me ultimately feel like I wasn't alone in this I think that that's yeah. what this whole experience can feel like is that you're just alone because unfortunately at least here in King County at least here in Seattle there's not a lot available to you as a victim mm-hmm. I I think that I think s- I think there are individuals in the system who try and they yes. feel for you. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of a lot of applause to those to those individuals. But the system in itself is, if anything, we've seen it's so, so broken. Mm-hmm. And another resource I have available to me is there's a lot of attorneys that I know either from um, professors at college or just mm-hmm. friends I've made over time or mm-hmm. people I've been introduced because of the work, like the clinic. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're always welcome to give advice Mm -hmm. and, you know, as friends, of Mm -hmm. course, on what steps should be taken Mm -hmm. Um, and the apologies I received from these individuals who just felt bad for me but knew in their hearts that very little could be done Mm -hmm. was, I mean, they they just kept saying like, you've moved, like Mm -hmm. you've done the best you can do for yourself. And I just kept thinking to myself, but what if I couldn't, what if that was not an option for me? I, I I would have had none. I would have had no options.
0: Yeah. Which makes you wonder, you know, this, this organization that flippantly bailed this person out, this criminal out. Why, you know, are there organizations out there for, victims of stalking mm-hmm. that I don't know at the top of my head, unfortunately, uh, who's there for them. Who's their advocate. Who's, who's there to, um, protect them when they're these organizations that make certain decisions, decisions that alter people's lives and put yeah. them back into danger. You know, it, it just, it's, it makes you again identify that there are gaps in our society that no one just really wants to touch because it's just too uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you, de- I definitely, I mean, I guess in some ways I'm still feeling that, I mean, this poor car, poor Cara is like still going through it. She's mm-hmm. like, th- she's not safe at the end of all of it. This mm-hmm. February is around the corner for us. It's that's uh, that's going to be a year that she's been dealing with this and right. she's, she's safer now than maybe she was then, but it's not like it's, it's, it's all done and gone. It's yeah. not, that's not her story at least. i and so I feel like a lot of what I'm doing is still to like almost help her prevent it from happening to someone else. Cause mm-hmm. realistically that's what what we're looking at. Yeah. And I mean, if someone like this gets away with it, why wouldn't why would anyone why wouldn't other people just do whatever they want? Yeah. It's it's kind we're kind of leaning on the principle of the matter.
0: Yeah. And it makes you wonder like, you know, the patients that we serve, how many of them have gone through similar situations like this and the trauma that they carry with them. And here at 3W, you know, we when patients come in for their medical care, medical services, we have the ability to dive much deeper due to our one-hour appointments with our medical providers that are of no cost to our patients, but we're able to really dive into the holistic care of 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 medicine, mm-hmm. which means your your past traumas contribute to the medical situations that you're in. Your mental health contributes to the medical issues that you're dealing with right now. And so, we've been able to kind of pull back and and uh, flesh out these these stories that really resonate with all of us in some way or another. And now it's even closer to home. So,
1: yeah, um, no one wants to. No one wants this to happen. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely not. So, well, thank you for sharing us your with us your story, and I hope you know we still have your back, and that we're glad you're safe. We're glad you're like moved out and safe, and but the story will continue to unfold because it's not over, obviously. And I guess we can give our listeners an update down the road, but is there? is there anything you want to say to our listeners that have gone through the same thing that have, or are dealing with it right now? I
1: think that if something I've been told, especially by these attorney friends, almost mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that I've, I've had is that the process is exhausting. And I feel that I just want it to be done. I'm sure mm-hmm. Cara just wants it to be done. It's exhausting. You don't want to deal with it, but it matters your voice matters and through this process you are probably going to feel like it doesn't honestly mm-hmm. you you're just you're going to feel like no one's on your side you're going to feel mm-hmm. like the work the worker the work the system it's all incompetent and to mm-hmm. an extent it is mm-hmm. but we have to be better mm-hmm. i mean w- we have to make sure that our voices are heard we have to be better we we have to be on it we have to be documenting mm-hmm. and yeah. don't don't let yourself be more of a victim than you
0: already are yeah come together as a community of people yeah if any of you would like to reach out to us and tell us your story or if there's any way we can support you in any way please reach out to us and let us know how we can do that how we can be a part of your safe space and uh, be a part of lifting you out of this really traumatic and and dark situation so thank you again Thanks for telling your story. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hopefully the update that we'll have with Taylor, the light of light at the end of the tunnel will, will come sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you again for listening in on this podcast episode. Feel free to reach out to us any way you'd like. We're, we're always available to you. And thank you again. Be safe and be well out there. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.